This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, CityCast listeners. Usually when Valentine's Day comes around, we think about all the sweet stories that sparked long-lasting love. But what about the stories that started with a date in hopes to find love, but just ended straight up badly? What you're about to hear is a poem by Tarina Harris that was inspired by just that. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. I'm Carly Ann Jones, and here's what Houston's talking about. My dating style is somewhere in between non-existent and a serial fear of commitment. I have a really hard time with time management. He looks at me and says, my, you are wise beyond your years, sir. I am as wise as my years. Perhaps I am wise beyond yours, dear Houston. This is an open letter on why I can't date your men. I don't want to drive an hour and fight for parking for the kind of Houston men who are interested in me. They say they can't help but get caught up in the moment and I am so tired of being everyone's fucking moment. They stay so sure they will never meet anyone quite like me again, but their specific brand of predictable mediocrity is inevitable. I will undoubtedly meet them again. They call Third Ward Edo and I'm judging them a little. I don't want a boyfriend or a husband or a group project of a man. I just want someone who says he knows a spot to know about more than Axel. I don't want it bad enough to ignore the fact that they think the museum district is the end-all be-all of arts and culture. I don't want to be their babe, bae, or baby. I just want to have company. I want them to hold my hand and tell me I'm pretty, but I don't want it bad enough to believe them when they call Marfla so romantic. I don't want to have their baby. I just want to laugh over drinks with their friends. I don't want it bad enough to overlook when they pronounce gentrification as neighborhood revival. When they tell me I could have just stayed at my apartment if all I wanted to do was sleep, I dip my ass up to do just that. I block their 713 or 832 or 281 on the way home to my car and call my 409 on my way home from their place. The group chat is where I lay bad dates to rest in peace. I don't date in Houston because the guys I meet who are from there and stayed can't seem to see the value in anything or anyone else. And when I date guys in Houston who aren't from Houston, I take it personal. If they got some shit to say about Houston, dating in Houston is like having a crush on my best friend. So every guy she brings around is never good enough for her, at least not to me. Dear Houston, I don't date guys from you because they just don't do you justice. You will never be my home, but I think you will always be my first love. You and your Canino market, the only place my Spanish has ever meant something. I want to hold hands with you and Harwin and ball out in ball gowns on a budget. You and your taco trucks, really all your food trucks, have never left me hungry. You will throw a flyer and ticket price on anything and call it a good time. You have always been a good time, and I'm not interested in letting anyone in the middle of that. You 
Houston. I can't help but get caught up in your moment and I know you must grow tired of being everyone's fucking moment and I'm so grateful for every second of it. Sincerely and always yours. Oh, wow. Yes, Serena. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Snap, snap, <laughs> snap. That was it. Yes. Thank you. I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So I want to just start off. I first heard about you from one of our producers, A.K. Al Moman. He is a huge fan of your poetry, <laughs> and he's told me that uh, you do poetry at Right About Now and that you also have your own poetry group in Galveston. How did you get that started? So in Galveston, I used to help run Coast to Soul Poetry. I didn't start it. Um, I helped run it for a while. And then um, there's another group called Universe Poetry that mm -hmm. happened because um, there was this woman who I met at an event that was happening at the Juneteenth Legacy Project. And she was like, hey, girl, I do mental health. I do poetry. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. We have an event coming up April 30th. And she mm -hmm. was like, that's so crazy. I have an event coming up April 30th. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, OK, cool. What time? I'll try to. We ended up like we had events scheduled for the same day at the same time. We mm -hmm. were like, what if we just combine our events kind of things? And so that's how Universe Poetry started. Her name's Felicia French. Uh, it's also Tamara Moody, Cora Moore. Um, it's a cute little group of us. And so it, it was really just Galveston's not that big. So when you find people who have common interests and common values, we tend to gravitate towards each other. Mm -hmm. And how many years have you been doing that? Um, Universe is relatively new, so it's less than a year. Um, I've been going to write about now poetry for probably close to on and off close to like six -ish years now, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so when did you get your actual start in poetry? Has this been something that you've loved since you were a kid or is this newer or what? I've always loved poetry. Um, my mom used to read me like Shel Silverstein when I was a kid. Um, Molly Bang. And so I started writing when I was in fourth grade. Wow. And then I started performing when I was 18. But like, there aren't a lot of like poetry spots that aren't mm -hmm. bars. And so I think I was going to like Dunbro's coffee for open mic or whatever kind of open mics I could find until I was old enough to go to the ones that were in bars. But I've always like really loved poetry, I, like performing and like getting to meet other people who perform and writing with other people who are interested in writing and all of that. That's amazing. And so what inspires most of your poems? Are they like real life experiences or are they something that just kind of stems from your imagination? Um, some of it like is imagination. So like I used to write a lot of poems to like my future kid. Like I'm a mom now, but I've been writing like poems to my kids since before I was a mm -hmm. mom. And I think those tend to have like the most uh, imagination and be the, the most fun. Um, a lot of them are kind of like venting like this one was just like, man, like I'm tired of these whack yeah. dates. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of them tend to be like res in response to like personal experiences or in response to um, just different things that I like witness or, or need to process or feel the need to like speak about um, like the, the recent overturning of Roe versus Wade. Like there was a poem that I had written kind of in response mm -hmm. to that. Um, recently had a guy do a response poem about me at an open mic. So I wrote another response poem. To, it was just like wild. Oh, wow. but it's, it's usually kind of like a, I have a hard time sometimes like feeling all of my feelings while also like functioning. And I think for me, poetry is like 
the most accessible way I've been able to like feel all of my feelings and like validate them and hold space for them and articulate them and navigate them and not like lose Mm -hmm. my shit and still be able to like function as a whole adult. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And so this poem that you did today for us, this lovely, I loved it. I love it so much. Um, Was it inspired by real life dates? Yeah. So. (laughs) Oh gosh. I actually. (laughs) Yeah. I've had some whack dates. Um, So it it originally was a a lot different. So I kind of like took pieces from an older poem that I wrote. Mm -hmm. I had like this really bad experience of a date of basically having to like explain to a grown man, like how consent works and like all Mm. of that. And so um, it was during a time where like, I really wanted to date. Like I really was like, and and sometimes I still do really want to date. And like, I want all of those nice things. It feels good to hold hands. It feels good Mm -hmm. to be called pretty. Um, and the original poem was like, yeah, I don't want that bad enough to ignore the fact that you listen to Joe yeah. Rogan or I don't want that bad enough to ignore your homophobia. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely all of it. And I think especially in Houston, like I, I'm a huge advocate for Galveston. I love Galveston. And I think I, a lot of like the things I want to see in Galveston, like I know are possible or I'm inspired by Houston to want to like bring those things here. And so um, that's where a lot of the other parts of just like, God damn Houston, I love you. Like, please have better men. <laughs> Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Some of the places that you listed in Houston, like Axelrod, um, a lot of Houstonians might be shocked to hear that because they actually enjoy dates there. So what made you choose places like this that are actually like kind of hot spots in the city? I think I have a lot of appreciation for like creativity or for some like, oh, like I wouldn't have thought of that. That's really Mm -hmm. cute. But it's like, oh, like, so you're also taking me to Axelrod. Like that's almost, and it sounds like terrible (laughs) when I say that, but it's that. It's like, no, like I want... It's cool, like, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. Axelrad. I've gone, I like it. Um, I think that, and, like, maybe it's, like, a bunch of internalized, like, fairy tale, whatever stuff. But it's, like, no, like, it's cool to, like, go on dates. It's cool to have new experiences mm-hmm. with new people. And I think, like, I, it's, like, really anticlimactic for me to have old experiences with new mm-hmm. people. And, like, even though they're a whole person and they're bringing something new to it, like, Houston is so mm-hmm. big. Like, Houston is so much bigger than mm-hmm. Axelrad. And I'm just like, we could, we've got all kinds of options. We could do literally anything. But, like, 
Axelrad is cool too, I guess. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Like the repetitive repetitiveness of dates is kind of annoying because it's just like, just like you said, Houston is huge. There's so much to do. So it's mm-hmm. like, get creative. Like, please get creative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now um, I know that you're also running for city council in Galveston. Yeah. How does this align with you and your views as an artist? There's this poet who, uh, uh, from Jordan. Her name's Suhair Ahmad. And she during an interview is being asked about like, you know, don't you think it's important to separate your politics from your poetry? Mm. And she's like, you can't separate politics from anything. If if somebody loses their house, it's political. Mm. If somebody can't like anything we experience like within a system is political. And so for me, um, I moved to Galveston in 2016. I look at like the main areas that I really feel like strongly about changing or improving or bringing new things mm-hmm. to our like environmental sustainability, um, children, families, youth, and arts and culture. Mm-hmm. And when you live in a city that most of our economy is driven by tourism, the scope of how we fund arts down here is majority hot tax, mm-hmm. meaning unless your arts can be tied to heads and beds, it's not getting funded. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other funding opportunities to fund art not tied to heads and beds, but still able to lend itself like meaningfully to both social determinants of health and also just like for the sake of kids having kids, families, anyone having access to experience or participate in creating. Um, That's such a roundabout way, but it's 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 that it's like. The things that matter so much to me have to do with like, how are people feeling like they're belonging, being represented, being heard. Mm -hmm. And like, there are really meaningful, creative ways that you can do that. And there's like funding and opportunities to do that well. And because like, I've seen it and I've seen what it can look like on a small scale. Like I want that for my city. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Tarina, for your time and being here with us at CityCast today. You're awesome. I loved it so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. That was poet Tarina Harris. We'll have links to her social media platforms in our show notes. Now, I'm here with producer A.K. Almoman. A.K., what else is going on around Houston? Hi, Carly. Do you remember the two gun buyback events from last year? Well, I got some great news. They seem to have been a success. So Harris County and Mayor Turner announced that on February 18th, they will be holding a third event. Pretty much the same process as the last two. People can bring in their unwanted guns and it will be exchanged for a gift card ranging from $50 to $200. Because the first two events were so successful, the county will be adding more staff and expanding lines so people don't have to wait as long. This is an expectations for a big turnout, which is amazing to be honest. The big thing to note here is that the objective of these events is to safely dispose of extra weapons that could potentially fall into the wrong hands. I was reading Houston Public Media's coverage of the story, and it seems that the mayor is enthusiastic about this. He thinks that the effects of the buyback project can contribute to decreasing crime over time. So if you have a gun you don't need anymore, you can make your way to Doosan Park on the 18th from 8 a.m. till noon to get your gift cards. Just remember, no ghost guns, which are basically untraceable weapons, which led to issues during the first two events. That's it for our show here today at CityCast Houston. Next week, we'll be doing another special Valentine's Day themed show. But instead of it being about horrible dates, this one will be about dates that went right and ended in true love. And we want to hear from you. 
So if you have a beautiful Houston-based love story, please call us at 713-489-6972 and leave a voicemail with your story of love. Talk to y'all later. Bye. That's it for our show. That's it for our show today here at CityCast Houston. Next week we'll be doing another special Valentine's Day th- themed. Oh gosh.